You are listening to episode 4 of the Mama Hustle podcast. Today's episode is all about 6 ways in which you can make life at home with a toddler a little bit easier. Welcome to the Mama Hustle podcast, the show for moms trying to find joy in motherhood. In each week's episode, we will discuss topics like parenting, mental health, finding purpose in everyday family life, and so much more. I'm your host, Kritika. I'm a mom of two children, a seven-year-old and a two-year-old. I am so happy you're here. Let's get started. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for all the love and support that I've received in the last few uh days on Instagram. A lot of y'all have been sharing my podcast and I am so so happy that it is helping you in some way. That's all really I needed and wanted to hear with this podcast. If there is anything that you would like to hear more about, uh, just send me a DM on Instagram and I would love to have an episode about that. I've received already so many ideas for new shows in the future and this actually was from a mama who was talking to me about how difficult uh, life at home with the toddler was for her and so I decided to do this show uh, sort of talking about life at home with the toddler which can be rough and chaotic and very very isolating at times for the mom and so I thought I might have some because I've had two kids I um, have been through that toddler stage and twice now and so I have I do have some insight into this that might help and I also have some really wise mom friends who've contributed to this episode all right so with that uh, let's get started with my first tip and that one you're not gonna like this uh, and I know you've probably been told this before but it is accept the season you are in and set your expectations now I know this sounds really meta, you're, you're telling me, oh God, I've been told that so many times, but hear me out. You are in a tough stage in your motherhood, right? The season that, that you are in currently, the toddler season, you know, toddlers are in this really weird place where they don't know how to handle their emotions. They are developing at such a fast rate and they really need you to be around pretty much all the time. Uh, they don't understand safety that very much. Uh, they are longing to become independent. They probably have older siblings around the house who are independent and they want to mimic that. And so it's a tough season. And expecting that you're going to get all of the things done during this season uh, is just going to set you up for a lot of depression and a lot of failure and a lot of sadness. Um the way I was when I had my toddler for the first time with my first child, I was working full time and I just felt that I was failing at everything because I couldn't come home and, uh, you know, be there for her really because I was just so tired. I wasn't making the most healthiest food because I had very little time. Uh, I wasn't experimenting and, you know, there were so many things that I felt that I was failing at. But the truth of the matter is that had I just accepted that this is a tough time and I'm doing the best that I can uh, and there's only so much I can do would have made life so much easier for me. With my second child, I am so much more relaxed about this. I know that 
uh, when he's gonna turn four or five he's not gonna meet, need me that much and when he's five year old he's a five year old I'm gonna miss the toddler years because toddler years even though there's so much work they are also so much fun your toddlers are growing at such a rapid age uh, a rapid rate and it's so, just so much fun watching them develop that ways but when you're in the throes of it you don't really realize that and you know it's important to remember that this phase is not going to last forever uh, so just keep reminding yourself that and set expectations so for me right now I am home full-time with both my children because of COVID and everything and I only get work done uh, at nap time or when my kids go to bed the other times of the day I don't even try like yes I will reply to emails and I'll reply to DMs and things like that uh, when they're awake and I, I can do stuff like organization and cleaning and all of those things but like work work that requires my focus and dedication nope I'm not gonna do that when they're awake it's just going to make me feel like I'm not getting anything done and I'm just gonna set myself up for failure so now when I plan my week I only plan for nap times and past bedtime work so that I can get everything done in that time that much time and the rest I'm going to accept the season and know that professionally I might not do all the things I want to do for the next few years and that's okay um, my life isn't over and things will change once they get a little bit older all right so that's my first step this is gonna take time guys uh, you are it's gonna take time for you to accept this but give yourself that grace and just keep reminding yourself that this will not last very long and you will have a semblance of the life that you would want in the future all right the next one I had was aim for rhythm and not a schedule now what I mean by a schedule is you know um, uh, wake up at 7 30 a.m. breakfast at 8 a.m. go go to the park at 9 a.m. that's that's what a schedule would be like so when I was a first-time mom and I was really struggling with sleep issues with my daughter I would pick up all of these books from sleep coaches and parenting coaches and all of that um, you know French French moms and Japanese moms you know how they are able to raise their children and German moms and all of that and uh, they would give like really specific schedules on a lot of these books so like for you know uh, there was one sleep book that I was referring that had a separate schedule for a six-month-old and separate schedule for a nine-month-old and a separate schedule for a 10 12-month-old and looking back now as uh, you know I've been a mom for seven years now I feel like that was just so silly um, nobody nobody's baby or toddler is a robot and life just doesn't work like that you know um, every day is different if you're an adult every day is different from you for you uh, you don't go to bed at one particular time every single day you don't eat lunch at one particular time every single day no you and that's you know babies and toddlers should be allowed to function that ways so when uh, I was aiming for schedule in my first one and I wanted like I'd written down my schedule on my fridge and I used to refer to it every day and of course I was failing and maintaining that schedule you know I had like 12 p.m. nap time and if my daughter would not go down for a nap at 12 p.m. I would start getting stressed and I would start getting angry and it was just it would just spiral out of control if I would I if I didn't have like dinner at the table at you know 6 p.m. I would feel like I failed and that is just 
you know you already have so much stress in your life as a mom you really don't need like to stick to a uh schedule like sort of time uh for everything instead i would say aim for a rhythm so a rhythm the way it differs from a schedule is that you don't have you know of course there's a rhythm to your toddler's day so they wake up they have breakfast then maybe they have like some free play time maybe they have some book time maybe they do go go to the park uh maybe they have sensory play bath time nap time all of those things uh happen at a you know one after the other during the day but it's not like oh we have to have a bath at 5 pm every day you know it's not like time bound like that so the way my day with my toddler is structured right now is that we wake up um he wakes up between 7 am and 8 am there's no particular time i'm not going to wake him up um he wakes up on his own time we have breakfast as soon as he wakes up uh with some milk and then after that there's like some free play time after which we might do books or we might go out to the playground one of the two things uh then when we come back we again have some quiet time and then there's lunch after which he takes a nap and then when he wakes up from his nap we i do have some sort of activity set out for him it's usually just maybe a bucket of water and some mugs or something like that like a uh, sensory play activity and then we have a walk scheduled after that we may or may not take that walk and then it's all about getting ready for dinner and then bath and bed so we do have a rhythm but i don't constantly keep looking at the clock the only one thing i do make sure that i have scheduled and have done on time is having dinner ready just because i feel like if i have dinner ready and done by 6 pm the rest of my evening is a lot more relaxed but other than that i don't you know if my toddler is not you know if he goes down for his nap at 12 pm instead of 1:30 pm like i would have liked him to i don't like hold that against him i don't get stressed about it i just realize that maybe he's had a really uh tiring day at the park and maybe he needs his rest so i don't uh but i do I do try to keep the rhythm like every day so that uh my toddler sort of knows and expects what what's going to happen next and is not resisting things all the time. Uh but yeah, I don't keep a schedule anymore and I am fine with that. You know, there are some days when we have slightly later bedtime and that is okay. You know, that's just life. So yeah, so aim for a rhythm and not a schedule. The next one is including your toddler in your kitchen. This is not something I ever did with my daughter. I don't know why I never thought of this, but basically what would happen is I would be doing something something in the kitchen and she would be hanging from my leg wanting to be picked up, wanting to be put on uh the kitchen counter and touching things that should not be touched and all of that. And I never really it never occurred to me that I should maybe change my kitchen so as to make it a safe space for my daughter so that she, you know it's not so difficult for her to have me working in the kitchen and it's also difficult for me having a toddler uh hanging by my leg so with my son obviously things are different because I'm a lot more experienced and I have a lot more experience friends so what I have now is I have a kitchen helper if you don't know what a kitchen helper is I would really suggest that you uh look up online there are a few companies that are making kitchen helpers and I actually have a post coming on my Instagram and my blog in the future of some great kitchen helper options but Arido has one there are a few more companies that are making kitchen helpers now and 
I have one. So that's kind of like a stool that allows my toddler to stand at like counter level. And it has like a railing on all four sides so that he doesn't fall off. So I have a kitchen helper for him. I have a bunch of child safe knives. Uh, I have a, a cutting board for him. I have some mixing bowls and some measuring cups for him. So whenever I'm in the kitchen and he wants to sort of come and help out, uh, I pull up the um, stool for him and uh, I try to involve him as much as possible in whatever it is I'm doing. Now, is it messy? Hell yes. Is it, it does it take more time than if you were just cooking alone? Sometimes, sometimes it doesn't. But what it means is that A, your child gets to observe all of the things that you're doing and feel like a part feels like a part of your day b you're not getting stressed out like, oh my god i need to get this done as quickly as possible so i can go play quote unquote play with him or her and c um it helps like build like real life skills like you know cutting and chopping and mixing and whisking and all of those things so um having that kitchen helper in the kitchen for my toddler has been a game changer having the kitchen set up in such a way that it's toddler friendly has been a game changer and I could not recommend it enough. I would I would definitely, if I, you know, I'm not going to have any more children, but if I did, I would do the same with my other kids as well. So yeah, I, I highly, highly recommend making your kitchen a safe space for your toddler and involving them as much as possible in kitchen work. The next one is a create uh, create a yes space. Now this is such a broad topic that I might actually do an episode about creating a yes space. But basically, um, you might have heard uh, your friends or relatives saying, you know, once your toddler starts like crawling and sorry, once your baby starts crawling and walking and things like that, it's game over. You're constantly behind them, telling them, you know, saving them from doing dangerous things and all of that, telling them no, 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 constantly. If you are a mom of a toddler, you probably said no at least a few times in in the day already. But here's the thing. It doesn't really have to be like that. Uh, and I feel like we forget that it is quite easy to change the environment you're in to create a yes space for your toddler. So a yes space is a space where you're not constantly having to say no, no, no to your toddler. Um, this involves stuff like baby proofing. So if there are cabinets and counters that are at your toddler's level that are dangerous for them to open, baby proof them. If there are sharp edges, baby proof that. Make sure doors and, and windows that are dangerous are locked. Things like that. That's a given, right? Uh, but I feel like in India, we just, we don't baby proof. Uh, and I'm not sure why because Baby proof is rel baby proofing is relatively quite inexpensive to do. You can find a bunch of really good like things on IKEA and on Amazon, uh, which are great for like locking cabinets and things like that. Uh, making sure doors don't slam shut. Um, so invest a few thousand rupees in um, uh, you know baby proofing your house. There are people around you who might say it's a waste of money, but like you know they're not with their toddler all day, so. Uh, invest in baby proofing really look at your house and figure out what are the places that are dangerous for your toddler and make sure that those are appropriately baby proofed once you have baby proofed um, 
your space then uh, you know if, if uh, another one is artifacts if you have like artifacts and little curios and things like that that are you know breakable obviously take them off the you know level of your toddler so so you know you saying constantly no to them within your house already really goes down and then having like things in your um uh, house that sort of help the toddler uh, do things like let's uh, for example having toys uh, really neatly uh, uh, displayed at a friendly level having a step stool uh, in your sink area uh, having um, uh, a potty in a place which is easily accessible having uh, a bed that is easily accessible having those things that are easily accessible sort of will really reduce your toddler's frustration and uh, your need to constantly keep saying no don't do this don't do that so uh you know i i do plan a proper episode on this but really think about how you can create a yes space for your toddler uh, where you're not constantly asking them to not do things and instead flip it around and change the environment so that you make things easily accessible to them and make sure that things that are dangerous are kept away. Uh, the next tip I had was sensory play. Now, I was wondering if I should put this point in this podcast as well, because the moment I say sensory play, you will probably go on Pinterest or Google sensory play and you will get all of these really elaborate, pretty beautiful images of like these fancy slimes and foams and sands and play-dohs that moms have created for their children. And those are amazing and, you know, they're great. And if you have the time to do that, just go ahead and do it. But you know, I've done those, like I've, I've like had like fancy rainbow rice and sands and stuff like that available for my children. And those are just as engaging as a tub of water and some cups and spoons. So when I say sensory play, I'm talking about like simple things like water, rice, beans, stuff like that, that are easily available within the house. And whenever you feel like your toddler is sort of losing it a little bit and being really clingy and things like that, the, you know, if you just set up a little tray with some sensory work like, uh, you know, a bucket of water with some mugs and some cups and some spoons or a tray of rice or beans with some cups and some spoons or something like that, you will instantly see their complete face change and they sort of get really, really involved in the sensory work that they're doing and you get like 15 minutes to yourself. Now, this is not going to last very long, obviously, and it does get messy, so you need to make sure you have like waterproof mats or something like that ready uh, so that you can get sensory play done at a, at a you know moment's notice. But having that sensory play set up really does help change your toddler's mood and if they're being clingy, if they're being uh, just obstinate for something, just pulling out some sensory play work just really does help. So if, uh, to, to begin with, if you just are starting with sensory play, I would have the following things. A waterproof mat of some kind. This could be an old shower curtain. This could be some tarpaulin. This could be anything that's like sort of waterproof. A towel just to like mop up uh, water and things like that that spill a large shallow tub and by large I mean like you know uh, not very large but it should be able to fit in a cupboard that you have so a large shallow tub some cups some spoons 
and maybe a sponge and that's all you really need to have like a basic sensory setup uh, what i would recommend is you know get a little like plastic box and put all of the things that you need for sensory play in that so in my sensory play bin i have a ziploc bag with some rice i have a ziploc bag with some beans and i have a few cups and spoons and i have some uh, i have like the large uh, shallow tub that I was talking about all of that in one place and so when I see my toddler sort of getting really really bored and clingy and things like that uh, especially during afternoon time I just go to the cupboard pull out the sensory play, uh, play bin and just set up something really quick it doesn't take me more than two minutes to do that and I get like 20 minutes to myself and my toddler's mood has instantly changed so you sensory play um, try to do it as often as maybe once a day um, just to sort of help with changing a toddler's mood and giving you a few more minutes and it just also really helps with you know uh, developing sensorial awareness and things like that so i would definitely recommend sensory play and the last one is leave the house um i'm i know i'm talking in covid times and it's quarantine and all of those things a lot of y'all are staying at home but uh, i i definitely thing there's nothing like leaving the house you know uh i i know a lot of instagram bloggers and things like that talk about all of these pretty montessori shells and toys and sensory play bins and all of that but the truth of the matter is that your kid is probably not going to play with any of those things for more than 20 minutes a day and most of the day is spent in doing just things around the house and just being outdoors is such an amazing way to sort of for the for your child to sort of observe things and you know play with dust play with mud uh, play with water play with grass uh, swing on swings I mean it, the list is endless and even for you just getting out of the house maybe listening to some good music while doing that while watching your toddler play it just puts everybody in such a good mood and it's so easy to not do it just because you know you're home all day with your toddler uh, or or if you're at work and you've just come back home and you're tired and you know there are 5,000 things to do but um, I would say that make leaving the house at least once non-negotiable uh, we are lucky that we live in a country where it's it's good weather pretty much through the year I mean of course summers can get pretty bad but in general we have amazing weather through the year and so it's easier for us to do that uh, but just like leaving the house once a day even though it, it's, it might seem hard you have to get everybody dressed you have to put on shoes you have to put on presentable clothes but just doing that makes sure a that everybody sort of has a change of environment and b make sure that uh, your toddler's tired enough to take their nap or take their uh, have you know go to go to bed on time because if a toddler is just not tired enough they're just not gonna go to bed on time right and fall asleep easily so on days when I, I've, I've completely noticed this on days when we don't go out um, my kids both of them take so much longer to fall asleep just because they aren't tired they haven't run around as much they haven't rolled around in mud and things like that so yeah having that uh, going out time a non-negotiable will completely change your family dynamic I'm pretty sure of that so just to reiterate the first one is set your expectations and accept the season that you're in life 
um, accept toddlerhood and know that it's not going to last forever and things are going to change and you are going to get your life back. The second one is aim for a rhythm and not a schedule and not beat yourself up if your kid is not in bed at exactly the time that you want them to be in bed and things like that. The next one is including your toddler in your kitchen as much as possible. Do it as often as possible. Make a kitchen, you make your kitchen a safe space for your toddler. Next one is create a yes space. Change the environment in your house by making small changes. You don't have to spend a lot of money and do a lot of work for this. Just make small changes and baby proof your house so that uh, you know your toddler can safely be in any part of your house without having to be supervised. The next one is sensory play for the win, making sure you have a sensory play bin to pull out every time your toddler is having a little bit of an issue. And the last one is leaving the house at least once a day to make sure everybody's getting fresh air and getting tired enough so that you can have a more pleasant day. I hope you found all of these tips useful. If there are any other tips you would like to add to this, please let me know uh, over on Instagram. Uh, I am so happy that you were here to listen to this uh, podcast and if there are any more questions uh, just let me know and I would be happy to answer them either on Instagram or you can reach out to me at mamahustle.in which is my blog as well. I hope to see you next week with another episode. Until then, have a great week. Bye.